guys, welcome back to another Freaky Fast Friday episode where we give you the scoop on a case in 30 minutes or less. So sit back, make yourself a drink or a cup of tea, and join us for this week's episode. Okay, I just... Also, I want you guys to know that John um, started every time he cooks dinner, he may- plays Nickelback and Nickelback only, so... Honestly, it's like a thing <laughs> i don't understand why nickelback gets such a bad rap because i love I nickelback love nickelback and nicholas cage those two the two nicks it's all you need <laughs> no nicotine just my nick cage he's <laughs> turning into like a rapper or something <laughs> maybe that's weird, a little weird flex videos. but okay we're keeping all that in by the way take it off Take it off. No. Dang, I don't know. You know what I mean. All right. So. <laughs> All right, guys. So this episode is about the girl in the box. Um, This is going to be a really sensitive episode as far as um, like rape, sexual assault, um, kidnapping, obviously. So if any of that is sensitive to you, we will see you next week. And I would recommend skipping this one. Um... Also, in recent true crime news, Lisa Montgomery has officially been executed. Um, so, not a good note to start off on, but I wanted to update you guys because I know we talked about that. So, yeah. Um, all right. So, the girl in the box, aka Colleen Stan, was a young woman from Oregon who spent seven years as a unwilling sex slave to a California couple. Oh. So, Cameron Hooker was a deeply sadomasochistic man who resided in Red Bluff, California, with his wife Janice and their new baby. The couple married in 1975, and likely due to uh, Janice being younger and much more submissive, um, this is a lot due to, like, a lack of meaningful relationships early in life. Like, a lot of her quote-unquote close family was like, yeah, she she didn't really have a lot of good, healthy relationships with people. Um, And due to this is probably why Janice allowed Cameron to perform um, extreme sexual acts on her, like, from the time they were married, even from the time they were dating. um, He would often hang her naked from her wrists and whip her. He was really into... uh, So, like, sadomasochism is... You get pleasure out of other people feeling pain. She nearly um, drowned, actually, once during a session, and because um, he would do, like, drowning play. Um, oh. This is basically, like, think BDSM, but, like, to the extreme. I'm a little and, nauseous, honestly. <laughs> and, I know you guys can't see us, but we're making yucky faces. So. <laughs> so, yeah, Cameron was really into, like, think the most extreme BDSM that you can think of. And the thing is, is, like, sure, we could say, oh, Janice was married to him. She was a willing consensual participant in these sadomasochistic acts like that feels a little like it was so beyond bdsm well and my personal belief is that janice was don't get me wrong she was a perpetrator in this case as well but she was also like a victim in her own way and i think that she later in life definitely came to the fact that she was victimized by cameron but I don't think she should get a free pass, but I'm mostly prefacing with all of this because I just want everybody to understand that Janice was, like, she was 
acting under a lot of self-preservation. So from the very beginning of Cameron and Janice's relationship, um, Cameron was pretty honest about the fact that he wanted to have like a sex sleeve, like, and very bluntly was like, I want it to be like an unwilling sex slave that I can do whatever I want to. Like, that's, that's what I like crave. Like, I don't want just like you who's like putting up with it because you're married to me. Like, I want like a sex slave. And um, at one point, Janice agreed um, on two conditions. He could keep a sex slave in the house so that she could safely have a baby and avoid the more intense whipping and pain play that Cameron was a fan of. Um, and then two, she also insisted he never have penetrative sex with anyone but her. So she, in all of her faults, don't get me wrong, again, I firmly believe she was a victim in a lot of ways, but she was like, you can only have penetrative sex with me and I want you to let me have a baby and I want this and this and yeah, anyway. So my thing about- But I'll help you get a sex slave. I'll help you find Well, and he's, she's basically- trying to save herself from the trauma she knows she'll have to continue to exactly. endure. Yeah, that's and exactly he what. Doesn't, I mean, that's essentially what she's saying. Like, in, I mean, basically. And if she, if she is feeling trapped and, like, as a victim, I personally believe she sounds like a victim. Right. And everybody responds she wasn't really, differently. Unfortunately, she trauma. wasn't really thinking about Well, and so the here's person. the thing. She, she was an active participant in procuring the sex slaves like you know what i mean so no i know what you mean but i'm i'm saying like if if she felt like that was her only way out like yeah i mean not just not to say this i'm just saying not to say that she was in the right it's an extreme it's an extreme (laughs) no it's an extreme case so we can't i mean we have nothing to compare it to but also I mean, she's not innocent in all of this. Do I think that she was trying her best to put the abuse on somebody else so that she wouldn't have to do it? Like, yeah. yeah. Is that right? Definitely not. And I think that she is still very much responsible for a lot of the things that followed, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. So the couple's first attempt to capture a sex slave for Cameron was 19-year-old hitchhiker Marlise Spanhake, Spanhawk, in Chico, California. She was held for only a day um, while hung nude from her wrists and tortured, after which Cameron shot her in the stomach with a pellet gun and strangled her to death um, for unknown reasons. He just, Ah. I guess, yeah. He only had her for like 24 hours, essentially. She was buried near Lassen Volcanic National Park, and her body was never found. Police actually believed at the time she was killed by her boyfriend because they, like, had reportedly had, like, an argument before she got picked up by um, Cameron and Janice. Their last name is Hooker. I I don't know if I want to call them the Hookers because I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's kind of, like, an ironic... It's oddly yeah. coincidental. yeah. Interesting. Anyway, the hookers, before she got picked up by the hookers, um, she had had a f- fight with her boyfriend. And so they, at the time, believed it was the boyfriend, but they obviously they had no, they didn't have any evidence because they have a body. But mm-hmm. that's kind of like what they were thinking at the time. Right. So on May 19th, 1977, on May 19th, 1977, a 20-year-old Colleen Stan hitchhiked out of her hometown of Eugene, Oregon, heading towards Northern California for her friend's birthday. She had already turned down um, one car that tried to pick her up 
because it was mostly, well, it was all men and there was a lot of them in there. Um, and, you know, reasonably she was like, oh no, like, I couldn't get out of this, right? But then next comes like a really young family with a little baby in a two-door Dodge Colt. Um, and she was like, oh, this seems way more reasonable. Like, it's like this these two young parents and like the um the lady is holding a baby you know because they didn't have car seats back then I she mean, was just like holding the baby so <laughs> wow that's like especially sad to me because if i were ever in a position where i was hitchhiking which thank god i'm not ever in a position but i would have thought the same thing i would have had the same thought process you know and then knowing what we know now happens to her yeah it's, just, it's horrible because it's like i would have thought the same thing and she was horribly horribly wrong so hold on so the the wife and the bait they used the wife and the baby as bait basically more or less yeah janice like was an active participant in procuring the sex slaves so right yeah um so colleen's dan got into their cult and they started to drive um they drove a while and finally stopped for a bathroom break. Um, Colleen returned to the, to the car after going to the bathroom. And she sat down in the back seat. And there was now a wooden BDSM head box in the back of the car. This is, I guess, not like a super crazy BDSM thing. It's like they use it for um, sense deprivation. What's is that? What? Yeah. Yeah, sense deprivation, essentially. So like you can't oh, see so- or hear really anything so or smell box- anything over your it goes over your head okay yeah you like put your head in it um and it usually like locks in some way so um colleen like she looked at it and she thought it was weird but she she just chose to ignore it like she didn't bring it up she like didn't even really know what she would say um i mean who knows that she even knew exactly what it was Mm -hmm. so a while later they stopped in a remote area and janice got out of the car with the baby um after she got out of the car, Cameron held a knife up to Colleen and made her put um, the locking wooden box over her head so that she couldn't see where they were going. So after they they drove a while more with Colleen's head in the box and they finally got home. When they got to the hooker's home, they hung Colleen from her wrists, stripped her clothes and the head box off and whipped her. The couple then had sex on the floor while Colleen hung there blindfolded. Or then, uh, so she could hear them like having sex below her, essentially. Which makes sense as to why Caitlin at the beginning was like, "Yeah, I see your she's point." Definitely not. She's definitely not innocent. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, she's. Oh, I don't know. I oof. Um. However, the main bad guy in this story, quote unquote, is Cameron. Obviously. Oh, one thousand percent. But okay. so. Um, For the next several months, Cameron would have daily torture sessions with Colleen in the basement of the hooker's home. Um, He would whip, electrically shock, and he also used a homemade rack to torture Colleen. Cameron used a stretcher, um, and you can kind of imagine what it does, that left Colleen with uh, permanent back and shoulder problems like that she has to this day. She lives? She does, if that makes anybody feel any better. Poor that makes Linda. me feel a little bit better, but oh my yeah. god. <laughs> I'm just so thankful that, oh, I don't know. My heart hurts. This is a tough one for me, guys. I am not, and I'm, I am not, like, 
it's just I'm not normally very sensitive and this one is like it's really hard to hear about so shout out to listeners that have stayed with us so in the first month that Colleen was in the hookers' home um she lost about 22 pounds due to starvation they would give her like literal scraps like just barely enough to keep her alive essentially um and on Janice's condition, Cameron would never vaginally rape Colleen. Um, but after her torture, she would regularly watch Cameron and Janice have intercourse, like, in front of her. At some point, Cameron successfully convinced Colleen he was part of a secret organization called The Company, who would find Colleen and her family and kill them if she ever tried to escape. And uh, this is obviously, like, a really extreme case of, like, Stockholm Syndrome. Like, he had convinced Colleen, like, you don't want to leave. You're better off here. Like, you are worthless and, like, you're better off just, like, letting me torture you. Yeah, because you'll be killed. running away. Yeah. In January 1978, so we're coming up on, like, the year mark, right? Yeah, coming up. Uh, Colleen... In January 1978, um, signed a contract agreeing to be kept as a sex slave by the hookers. She became known as Kay, while she would refer to Cameron as Master and Janice as Ma'am. Cameron and Janice listed their last names on the contract as Powers. This was more or less like a pretty legit contract where she was just agreeing to be, she's essentially agreeing to any like abuse. Um, obviously, like wasn't like a law abiding thing but so Cameron's torture and rape um was uh allegedly inspired by the 1954 French erotic novel The Story of O in this book um it's just like an extremely like sexual like love story essentially where like a really rich man keeps a much more willing sex slave um and her name is O and that's like what she goes by and it's just basically like smut, essentially. <laughs> smut. From I don't know the if time. Smut. Yeah. Um. And I guess Cameron was a fan of this book. Well. So. He took it to the extreme in his own. I don't. Life. Well. Yeah. And my understanding is, my understanding is that in the book, O like falls in love with her captor. Uh huh. And like, not only that, but she's like, essentially like his sex slave so so maybe he thought like that was what how it was gonna go well and obviously i'm paraphrasing like i've never read the book <laughs> assuming it's in french i've but... never even heard of it to be frank but okay well yeah yeah um cameron continued to use the heavy wooden head box to deprive colleen of her senses um it was it was pretty heavy so it was really like she had to like strain her neck muscles to keep her head upright not that it mattered because she couldn't see anything with it on, but um, she was also, Colleen was initially kept for 23 hours a day in a wooden coffin type box um, under the under Cameron and Janice's bed. This was like for the first three years of her captivity okay, in so there, except about- for the hour that Cameron tortured her. So she was in there the rest of the time. What she was about- only let out for him to torture her. What about their child? Like... What the heck? Like, how could so, you do this and have a kid just, the, like, roaming around the house? Well, too? so as the child grows up, um, it's pretty understood that, like, they just think Colleen is the babysitter. And when they would, like, lock her away at night, like, 
the kid just assumed that the babysitter had gone home. Well, I mean, that comes up a little bit, but... So, Colleen would sometimes sleep in the bed with Cameron and Janice. Um, This was, like, later on. But, and on at least one occasion, Cameron forced Colleen to perform oral sex on Janice. Um, This gets added to the list of his um, things that he's charged with. But, yeah. Um, Janice gave birth to a child in 1978 on the bed in the hooker's home while Colleen was in the box below. Uh, oh my god. So, Colleen's compliance later earned her the ability to roam around the home, um, and she even babysat the hooker's children every once in a while. Um, they, again, just thought she was, like, a housekeeper, babysitter, like, they were young, too, so. Yeah, I guess they weren't too old at the time, but. Yeah. Weird. Um. Well, also, when you trust your parents, like, you wouldn't question that kind of thing. Yeah, well, and they never, like, abused front of the children so um cameron actually allowed colleen to call her family in 1979 um and then in 1981 so we're at the like almost four year mark since um colleen got abducted in 1981 cameron went with her to visit her family um most likely so that she wouldn't like spill the beans um but he posed as her boyfriend there's actually like this really creepy picture and they're, like, kind of, like, hugging each other from the side, and they're both smiling um, what, during this family visit. Uh, her family was allegedly, like, fearful that something was wrong. Um, they, at one point, I think, kind of believed that she was in a cult because she was wearing handmade clothes most of the time. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, with this, like, weird guy who was, like, not considerably older than her, but definitely probably had some, like very like visually obvious differences her no well no i mean like i think she he she was very submissive to him at this point and i feel like that's pretty obvious especially like if your family knows you really well and they're like wow she's normally really outgoing and like a way different person Mm -hmm. but again there's like this really creepy picture of the two of them like laughing and like smiling at each other and like hugging so But her family, like, didn't really say anything because they were much more afraid that if they, like, led on that they knew something bad would happen to Colleen. So when Colleen Cameron returned from the trip to visit her family, um, she was finally allowed to no longer sleep in the wooden box, but she instead got to sleep on the bathroom floor where she was chained to the toilet. Slightly better. So they, not a confined space, so I guess sort of better. They trust, it's like they started to trust her more, but they I think they trusted, they trusted the fact that she was so manipulated at that point, you know? But they still knew that, like, if she had a chance, she would get the hell out of there. I feel like that's where, (laughs) I don't know how to make it make sense, but where, like, kidnappers go wrong really it's going right like because we want them to be rescued obviously but I I know that it's happened in multiple instances that a kidnapper like finally gets lax because they feel like their um, captive is finally like submissive and then they submission and then they run and they 
yeah I mean I know that that's happened before and that's what that, that makes me think of that's exactly what I thought of too is like that she's getting closer to the point where she might be able to make a break for it right so um Cameron continued to torture and confine Colleen but she was allowed to occasionally leave the house to jog and um, sometimes to even go to the bars with Janice, uh, where Janice allegedly would complain about the abuse she had received from him in the early years of their marriage. So essentially she would like take her out drinking and Janice would be like, oh my God, my life was so hard. You know, all the stuff he's doing to you right now. Yeah. He used to do that to me too. Um, I hate her. Like they were friends, you know, <laughs> in May, 1984. In May 1984, um, around the seven-year mark, she was allowed to leave the house for a part-time job cleaning at a motel. Um, up until this point, she had never left the house unsupervised. Janice began to kind of see some, like, I don't know, more or less, She it sounds like she kind of came to her senses, but, like, not because she was, like, such a great person. It was because she discovered that Cameron had, in fact, been vaginally raping Colleen the entire time, despite their quote-unquote agreement, Um, although Cameron claims he only ever vaginally and anally raped Colleen using foreign objects. Um, Oh, so, like, he thought Colleen said something. Probably. Perhaps, yeah. Um... Cameron also told Janice that he planned on marrying Colleen and obtaining another slave, like, in her place, essentially. So, yeah. Janice confessed everything at this point to a pastor, and she encouraged, after the pastor encouraged Janice to do something about it, Janice went home and encouraged Colleen to run in August 1984. So, we're about seven years... May, June, July, August. Like, seven years and three months um, into her captivity. Okay, so um, we're, we're back to hating Janice just a medium amount. <laughs> <laughs> so Janice um, finally told Colleen that the company was not real. That was fake. Um, Colleen went to a bus station um, where she called Cameron and told him that she was leaving. And she finally bussed home and never spoke to them again. Interesting that she yeah. called him and said, I'm leaving. Praise be. So it's it's a, it's really, like, devastating for me because Cameron, like, later tried to say in trial that this was, like, a hard goodbye from a woman he loved. And he was, like, what? crying while he was saying that. And I, I think in it. his I think in his own, like, twisted way, he thought they were in some kind of relationship. Well, and, oh, I'm sure he did. And honestly, I'm sure to some extent, Colleen thought the same thing. And that's why she even thought to call him and say, hey, I'm leaving because, well, you know. Can you, also, she probably had a relationship with the children. Yeah, more yeah. or less. It doesn't sound like she was with the children unsupervised very often. But like, um, also, the older one was only like seven. The older oh. one was like seven. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now so, the kids are old enough that they would know about this, which is, can you imagine? Oh, Definitely. Yeah. How traumatizing that would be to know they, that you grew up with that. I'm assuming, so they, obviously their names aren't public, but um, Janice has like changed her name and has tried to fly under the radar since this happened. Um, so she so, wasn't convicted? No. 
So I'll we're gonna get to kind of I'm sure we will we're wrapping it up. We're wrapping it up a little bit because this this is a freaky fast episode. The reason that I decided to make this a freaky fast episode is because I think that this case is pretty like brutal. It's pretty brutal and like it there's a lot of stuff that I like wouldn't really feel comfortable covering. So I'm giving you the the gist of it, but just yeah. understand that bare minimum, Cameron tortured Pauline for like minimum seven years. Like mm-hmm. brutally tortured her, manipulated her mentally, emotionally, physically. So on Janice's encouragement, Colleen told no one of the rape, torture, and abuse that she had endured the last seven years. Um Janice initially believed that she could reform Cameron in some way. Um, but in November 1984, she finally reported her husband to the police. Although Janice had burned the original slave contract, um, a copy was later found and used in the trial. Um, I, b- I believe Janice burned it. <laughs> so during the trial, the defense, so Cameron's defense, tried to use the contract um, as well as Colleen's like overall compliance as proof of this arrangement being in some way consensual. Cameron tried to convince the jury that Colleen had fallen in love with him and stayed because she wanted to. So based on testimony from both Janice and Colleen, as well as the copy of the slave contract, um, Cameron Hooker was convicted of kidnapping, using a knife in an abduction, rape, and sexual abuse on October 31st, 1985. He was charged with eight felony counts of rape, sodomy, kidnapping, and forced oral copulation. Uh, Cameron Hooker was sentenced to 104 years in prison on November 22nd, um, 1985, with Judge Clarence Knight remarking at the time that Hooker is, quote, the most dangerous psychopath I have ever dealt with who will be a danger to women as long as he is alive. Yep. Janice was not charged in return for her testimony, and she continues to live in California under a new name. It is sort of a matter of opinion whether she was guilty by involvement in the crimes. Many people also believed that since she was only 15 when they married, that she felt trapped in the relationship. Um, Cameron has since been denied probation twice. Uh, Colleen Stan said in 2015, before one of his probation hearings, that she wasn't convinced he was as feeble as he was claiming to be. Because, I mean, he's old, but, like, not that old. And But I that was, like, his... I don't care how old he is. He, I, don't remember what, I don't remember what it's called, but it's, like, it's an appeal that you can use once you're... Or you're basically, like, I'm I am too, I'm I'm too crippled threat. that I would never re-offend, essentially. Which um, I don't feel that Colleen, way about this Colleen Stan said she wasn't convinced. Um... <laughs> But like, and she why? she firmly thought that he could do it again if he was let out. I think Good. that's such an interesting like means for probation because wouldn't you want to say, oh, I I'll never like I just don't want to do it again. Not that like you just physically couldn't. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like not a good, not a good um like commitment. <laughs> I guess like oh I can't do it again. Not I won't do it again. Again, Colleen is alive to this day. I believe she goes by a different name now. Um, she, she is alive, yeah. Yeah, she, I mean, she's a really strong person, honestly, as far as I'm concerned. Like, to get through all of that and not to ever, like, the fact that she 
I mean, we can attribute some of her running to Janice, obviously, because Janice encouraged her to run. But it, but also like my one of my biggest reasons for not really buying that Janice is like as innocent as she was like trying to make herself seem is that so Cameron, you know, he you don't just like you have something mentally wrong with you if you like like sadomasochism is not a treatable illness as far as i'm concerned and um treatable by sadism honestly if janice hadn't turned him in he would have found another slave honestly oh for sure for sure which i mean i feel like that has to give her a little bit of grace yeah so yeah, guys, that was this week's episode on Colleen Stan. Um, thanks so much for listening. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Who What Where Podcast. We'll post some relevant pictures over there. Um, if you're watching us watching this podcast on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel. Leave us a comment down below. Um, you can also find us on Facebook. And yeah, just thanks for listening if you are a loyal listener or a new listener we really sincerely appreciate it and we will see you in the next episode